to Making a Mentor. We're the podcast that turns artists and music industry experts into mentors. We invite them onto our podcast and just talk to them about their life experiences and how they've built their careers so far. Who's it for, would you say? I would say that this podcast is for, right? People who want to have a creative career, people who have a creative hobby that they want to monetize, people who are just generally interested in people in the arts in general and how they've managed to wrangle a career out of it and anyone who's interested in like what it takes to what it takes to make a career out of something like this it is difficult yeah as we found ourselves well and also as we found with most of the people coming on our podcast having part-time jobs yeah yeah of course so with this episode uh we speak to dave from sounds of the streets do you want to talk a bit about how we met dave yeah so dave sounds from the street is an events promoter um he works with bands around Wigan uh, and we got a band on the podcast and they spoke really highly of him and we really wanted to understand a bit more about that other side of, of I suppose, what it's like to be a promoter, what it's like to do it on your own and gain relationship with venues and be a kind of talking point between bands and venues yeah. and events and bands. Yeah, You're kind of this kind of in-between person and what the role of a promoter is, not in terms of logistically, but what it's like to try and do that and to be passionate about it and what how we build it up i suppose yeah i think um a lot of what came out of it as well is like not just as you said it's not just what you're doing day to day for that practical sort of advice for it but what toll does it have on you how does it make you mm. feel what are you doing it for what is it like when you've got a full-time job and you do that on the side mainly as a passion to start it off with a lot of our guests have said passion has been the main things that, that sort of kept them going through it because at the start of most of your careers you're doing most of it for free right yeah you are doing most of it for free or you at least doing something for free you're lucky to do it for free yeah in a way if you can get the opportunity to do it at all Mm. for any kind of platform person that you're interested in working for free in a way you do you know what i mean you're actually above the norm yeah to be working for free which is why I think we're so interested in people who've been able to make any kind of success or traction with their idea and I think you know what's clear when people see this one is that Dave leaves a really great impact on the people that he works with and he's been able to maintain adapt around the changes of his music taste and the changes of his life you know he's got family yeah um And yeah, I think it's a really interesting podcast. Yeah, I think one of the big things I learned from it, like you said, just touching on then, is um, everybody, uh, Cavellia, who's going to be coming out in our episode after this, Kane, who was our previous um, podcast episode as well, they all speak so highly of of him because of the way that he as a promoter treats them. Mm. Uh, He touched on it. Pays them for a start. Yeah, pays them. He gets some pizzas, he gets some beers. He just is there to support them all the time and um to him it almost felt like uh felt like that's just the normal thing you do mm. and speaking to those guys outside of this podcast like cav they kind of mentioned that that doesn't happen all the time in fact that very rarely happens which is surprising to me yeah enjoy the episode and i suppose what i would say to people listening to this one is you know every promoter is going to have a different story mm. and going to have a different take on what that is you know someone who's trying to make a career financially out of being a promoter would still have something to learn from Dave, even though that's not what he's doing. So I suppose without further ado, Sounds from the Street. Welcome back to Making a Mentor. We're here with Dave from Sounds of the Street. Dave, how are you Hello. doing? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, good yourselves. Oh, yeah, well, good, mate. Good. good. Yeah. 
So thanks for coming on. We've uh, we obviously went to one of your events and did some stuff here and got chatting for you and uh, and yeah, we were kind of really interested in what you were doing in the local scene and kind of how you got started in it and stuff. So thanks for coming on and chatting to us, man. It means it's a lot. Thanks for me. So, so I suppose go on. I was gonna say you got uh, so you got sounds of the street Wigan. Do you just want to talk about what sounds of the street Wigan is at the moment? What you're getting up to um, now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, um, I say we, it's me. Um, <laughs> me, myself and I. You know, uh, I put uh, bands on from, they can be from anywhere. Um, whichever bands kind of fit into my nights, so what it's doing indie, indie rock, mm. um, post-punk, grunge, whatever kind of I think fits in. And um, So we restarted last year. We had um, a band, well, a band approached us. Mm. Um, saying did we want to do our first night and it ended up being the first week when everything opened again so I thought I can't turn that down an local band want to do the first gig with me Um, and the band called The Facades supported and we got a band from Liverpool called Nocturnal Coast and we sold 265 tickets I want to say so it was a good way to kind of start a good way to kick things off yeah I imagine that's quite good encouragement actually. You start off with one of your first gigs and you get like a turnout like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it was uh, it was mad from start to finish, and it. I we I think we gained quite a few new um, followers and things, if you like, and yeah. Because um, I'm trying to move over from what I used to do, mm-hmm. from the old name. Um, and it's I think when people, well, have to ask about the old the old nights I used to do in the old name mm. and a different type of music I think it's trying to bring those people that used to come to me early gigs my old gigs um, into this kind of scene and so, so what just interestingly what, what would you say is kind of the difference between the two like and what made you make that change Um. well my music taste changed I think um, I started into bands like The Blinders and um who I put on um, one of my older nights and then you know you discover all these other bands and then um, and also there was like a good kind of community kind of feel to the Wigan scene there was loads and loads of bands coming through yeah. um, and I thought right let's let's start something fresh here and it does feel does feel different yeah different uh, I won't say different type of people, but different people, different music tastes, and people are wanting to come out to music gigs again, and um, it's it feels really good. It's exciting. Do you think maybe like just curious, really? Do you think maybe the whole COVID stuff has brought more people that were maybe always into gigs, but maybe had stuff in their life that just took over that too much? Now paying much more attention to like, no, I want to go and see live music because I've had so long without it. Do you think that's affected like the work that promoters have been getting recently, like having more people in venues? Like, I mean, it's affected different promoters in different ways. Yeah, uh, maybe that's just bad luck. I don't know, but I've done I've done all right out of it. Yeah, uh, recently, you know, I've not had to cancel any gigs. I've not had to. Um, I nearly did uh, when we had um, the racket on. Um, was it the racket? Yeah, and I'd got COVID no the week before. Yeah, and I, I tested negative about two days before oh wow um so i was very close to like cancelling that one but <laughs> apart from that um generally they've always been they've always they've all been good attendances i mean selling tickets is a new one for me yeah 
Yeah. I was always people, you know, just waiting for the night and see who turns up on the night, and that's that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. I think with tickets, um, even though one or two, we've only had like a that one particular night we didn't have so many tickets. You wait and wait to see how many more you sell on the night and who comes through the door. Um, but no, they've all worked out pretty well. I think some have been better than others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like you always get. But I think, even if you sell, for me, between 30 and 50 tickets, at least you know there's people coming. Yeah, yeah. there's a bit of an appetite for it. Do you think there's anything like that you've ever figured out or put in place that you could advise someone that say, this is some things that you could do if you're trying to put on an event that you think could maybe try and sell more tickets, all beforehand, like social media or posters? Um, or... Not for selling more tickets-wise, um, but it is easy, like... I think back in the day when you had like all you had was physical tickets, you had to go around to people's houses and say, "Oh, no, well, you go and you just buy a few off me." Now it's yeah, all like. Yeah. Remember, we used to have to if you did a pay to play, you used to have to stand outside the streets if you hadn't sold them and just like just sell them off to people walking. Yeah, I think, I think you always think selling tickets. Thing that's, now, I think the good thing is now with pay to play. I mean, I think people say it still does exist, which is a horrible thing. He hates pay-to-play, so... Those kind of promoters, they're dying out. Um, but now, I think with online tickets, it's... You know, you can write... I mean, you get people paying up to the last, the last minute. Um, you don't have to physically go around and sell them and walk around and poster everywhere like you have to do. and Because um, when I used to put gigs on, when I first started, it was like generally word of mouth yeah first few years until the internet came and stuff but um you'd have to try and put put, but then you've got your laws about um fly poster and stuff like that yeah one one promoter um who's no longer with us he uh, he used to always get in trouble off the council for doing that um well just putting them everywhere yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, but you see them all the time for like these circus places, don't you? And yeah. the fur and you think. Because they're leaving, aren't they, in a couple of weeks? And they yeah, have to yeah. do all the consequences. So they're packing up the tent <laughs> and they're off. So, you know, I think people that buy the tickets, you know, they generally want to come and, you know, they're not they're not just coming because it's me anymore, like they maybe, like they used to, and to support me, it's not because they want to come and see the bands. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's all going pretty well at the minute yeah I wonder, I wonder if we could go into like the ticket part as well so say i was a promoter who's who's trying to sell a few tickets on like what platform specifically are you going on and using uh, yeah. um to put your event up there like because i know skittles around and, and this sort of thing skittle is that's what i've been using yeah basically yeah, yeah. um i'm just finding dead easy i mean i had to ask a yeah. mate um from a local band to explain to me how to do it um but it's great. It's just a case. Obviously, they have they've got quite a high reach and they're quite big skittle, aren't they? So they um, you just put them on there. It's one. I think once you've done one gig with them, it's just dead easy after that. Yeah, everything's pretty much set up then, isn't it? And then you just copy paste all your your events in from there. Mm. Yeah, the, the payment things are pretty straightforward. You can you can have you can put the pound up. You can put the whatever uh, booking price on you want. So if you book your tickets put your tickets down as a fiver mm. and put it down as a quid, then obviously the customer will pay it rather than this big thing comes back on you and... 
Oh, I see what you mean. So all of a sudden you're paying for everything. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not like Ticketmaster where you're paying, you're paying for your ticket and then you're paying booking fee and then you're paying a Wednesday fee and a yeah, they make <laughs> it Christmas fee and a, <laughs> you've clicked five times fee. You know. <laughs> so yeah, it is. I think people don't mind using Skittle. I think I was when I first started doing them. Um, it sounds from the street. I was using the Boulevard's website. Oh yeah. yeah. But the problem with that was it was using they can only use PayPal. You should get people come up to me all the time. Oh, is it, are the tickets still on sale? So yeah, it's you know it's it's on this Boulevard website. Oh, is it PayPal? Oh, I don't, oh, have, I don't PayPal, have PayPal. Eh? Eh? Using PayPal. Yeah, What's PayPal? PayPal? What's PayPal, pal? I don't. <laughs> I, don't. <laughs> I don't know, mate. Sorry. So I've missed out something I use a lot of, to be honest. But and then you discovered Skiddle. I thought, let's yeah, let's do it this way. It's so much easier. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you get you, you get the money that comes in on the Thursday. I think the so my gigs on the Friday, so on the you put in till like eight o'clock maybe going offline. You got all your tallies because you can split up into say like so having each band sold. Oh, yeah, which is yeah. more for which is more for their sake. So I can say right, this is what you're gonna get. This is what so rather than um all the bands take a, a door share so if a band brings loads another band doesn't bring a lot yeah then they're not all getting the same okay so they're all getting a fair whack got you got you so they, you know, they get what they deserve basically you know, kind of, I mean I'll always you know, if a band doesn't bring a lot which you know you expect sometimes they'll, you know, they'll always go over the decent amount yeah that's good but I think fair. it's better that that band who brings a lot or you know they're more rewarded for yeah, I do yeah, for more to reward them yeah, really yeah. more than anything yeah, that makes sense. I guess um, uh, like the finances part is is an interesting one for me because like um, I guess you don't you don't really think about it at first, but like say you were first starting off, you were mentioned before like so you get your venue hire um, through is it through the boulevard that you get it for free or do you have yeah to they yeah they 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 give me for free yeah so what does like the overheads of like one of the average gigs like look like for you like what is it that you have to finance yourself and. Um, I guess the the money covers that through the tickets, obviously. But like, what would it be like initially if you were starting off and you were going into the boulevard, getting yeah. those bands together? Um, what is it that you'd need to get going? Uh, we've got to think about your posters. Yeah. Unless you can do them by yourself. I so mean, you're that. paying someone like a graphic designer or something of that nature to like. Do I've got I've got uh, somebody um, who I found on Facebook. Yeah, he nice. designs the posters. Uh, Will hiss it. Um, so I give my ideas to him. Sometimes not many ideas, but he still comes up with something. <laughs> nice. um, I like to give him a black, a black, a blank canvas, um, but he always, he always come up with the goods. Um, I think, I think that's a good thing to have, to have somebody that knows what they're on that side. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. never been good at stuff like that. It's not my thing. All the kind of, um, is it called Photoshop uh, photo and all that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Somebody with a graphic mind. He's got unless you can do it yourself. You can do it yourself. You know, he's save a bit more money. So obviously they're for your posters, and then you're putting them on social media as well. That's presumably yeah, so that's yeah. handy as um, well. What else? Does he give you both of those? Like just a like a digital version of it as well. Yeah, so he'll send me all the digital version and make a, a square type one for Instagram. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um. Obviously, then go up and get your posters printed out. Mm. Um. So if you've got a printer. And you can you know the you can have the ink mm. yourself that might save you a bit of money yeah 
Um, and how do you distribute them? So, like, are you going into shops to put them anywhere? Do you have to pay for... I used to do. Spots? Yeah. I should do more of it, really, but um, I feel like I've done all right so far. Yeah. I feel like... I think these days with social media, people who come to your gig have seen it on social media. Um, there's not, I don't think there's as much as a, for a calling as doing in the in-shops thing and going around, you know, local places on a such a night and going... Well, those boards used to be the place where you find yeah, your information for things in a town, right? But now with social media, obviously... Because like that change saying, has happened kind of in in amongst our kind of lifetimes, weirdly, hasn't it? That that has kind of filtered out. Like, did you now pay more attention to social media than you what you must have done than before you did, like, mm. eight, ten years ago, right? Yeah, that's where I find a lot of my bands. And sometimes, sometimes you get, like, word of mouth and what have you. And uh, obviously things like Spotify help. Yeah. Because I think back in the day, but even growing up, like, oh, let's do this album by you know, such a body. Um, I don't even have to tell them to go and buy it or you know, copy yeah, it here yeah. or. No, it's just a click. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's obviously you've got your downsides to Spotify, haven't you? For bands and things. And it's just the saturation of it. You yeah, get, you I get think, lost in there, can't you? I think it's a complex one, Spotify, as well, because, like, one of the things I really got into recently, like, there's another podcast I listen to that's about music marketing. One of the things they talk about with Spotify is like, actually, in a way, Spotify has always said that its job was that it was going to send you similar artists mm. and then any money that it has left, it's going to give the artist. So I feel like what a lot of bands struggle with and I definitely struggled with when I started making music was that I felt like Spotify should pay me. Yeah. <laughs> like I'd wrote, like, 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 and on some level, what I think is interesting about Spotify is like what you said it's useful for is what it will actually do is show you bands that you potentially would have never found yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. a weird interesting service Spotify in it, that we don't really understand <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. it's quite like it's quite deeper than what it looks on the outside like because streaming has changed so much of, me, of the music industry like all of it in a, in a way right well yeah it's, it's, it's changed the distribution of the way that the artists get stuff out there to begin with like you said change like, labels before then it was a, it was an experience to go take your mate your CD sit there and play it and yeah, sit yeah. And listen to it but I remember Dave Grohl I think it was Dave Grohl that said something when we had the days of like Napster LimeWire oh yeah yeah of basically I don't care how these people have heard my music if they're coming to my shows or my gigs then that's that's it that's yeah. it that's a you know and that's what it was usually for right so you, you, you didn't make that well you made more money through physical distribution, but like you said, all of all of the revenue usually for an artist is that is live events. Event. Like that's it's their biggest. But then, but then if you compare it to using LimeWire and Napster and mm, true, yeah, the Torrent and part of Pirate Bay and all that kind of crap, people listen to it for free. Yeah, that's true. So if you compare it to that, then but it's not as it should be a lot higher. Bands should be getting a lot higher. They shouldn't have to rely on merch, and merch should be as well. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's just stupidly low Spotify, isn't it? For it is. Bands, if I was in a band, I'd be. It is frustrating. I think it is frustrating. I think as what a lot of people do is rely on stuff like Bandcamp for that, which yeah. is kind of offering what the other thing was, and you know, it's kind of offering your. But yeah, it's it's a, it's a complex one, isn't it? Because I suppose I mean I saw the statistic that it's like twelve thousand. I'll have to put this on the video if I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm sure it's twelve thousand new songs upon Spotify every day. So you can imagine the amount that they well, would have to pay. That's scary, that, isn't it? And it makes you feel as well, you know, as an artist, like, <sighs> bloody hell. Yeah. What kind of chance have I got? Kind of but the amount of new fans bands are making, 
through Spotify. Well, yeah, if you're not out there, then you're missing that completely. So uh, as much as like that pay is low and it's it's a different, it's a hard pill to swallow. The service like, is still good enough that they all do it. Yeah. Like the um, like a band's radio. So when is it about like a particular band's radio? They're like a radio thing where they can pick yeah. like a set of songs. Of course. Well, it's like a playlist. But yeah. So of... they make like a playlist of their influences. So when you finish playing all their stuff, it doesn't just go around again. It goes on to. So they're like they kind like. of almost like the playlist thing. Yeah. And you know, I discovered bands, um, you know, a few different bands like Black Country, New Road, after listening to Courtin's. And it comes up. Play, with yeah, it's like, what's this? And it's like, because you, you forget these just listed that long, so this isn't the same band. And then yeah. you look and it's all right. That's what I mean. It's an album. What they actually have that Deezer and um, Deezer and Apple Music are so jealous of is this kind of algorithm that suits your taste and pushes new music out to you. And I do think that on a level that is why it's I mean I know this sounds a little bit stupid but take Spotify out of context it's a green logo that looks no, it looks like a kind of earth look, nature logo <laughs> yeah. it's got a name that doesn't scream music to me but the service is you know you think music you don't think Apple music mm. you think Spotify or at least I do maybe I'm wrong with that but I think there's something in what they've been able to offer for me, you know, like when I think about Discover Weekly, I think the same, you know, like oh, so many things I've found yeah. all the time. And uh, I do think that there is something to be said for trying to grab that opportunity as a new band rather than run from it, even though it is fundamentally unfair, but I think so much of the industry is. Yeah. On yeah. some level, isn't I mean, it? From a, punter, from a you know, music fan's point of view, it's great. Um, it's like... I describe it to people as walking into like a big musical library. Imagine like a big massive room and you can listen to, you can just go anywhere, A to Z or whatever, and just go and pick something. It's, Literally. Uh, I know it wasn't obviously like you, there's a few latecomers, wasn't there, like your Beatles and Metallica and yeah. Tool, yeah. was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Metallica was a big one because going back to that Napster thing, they were like infamous for being like really anti piracy. Because they were like, well, we rightfully deserve to get paid for everything. That was where I think like the whole Dave Grohl thing was like, just pay me, come to my live event and <laughs> listen to me live, and uh, I'll, um, that's all I really care about. But, but then you suppose that you, you I, I personally believe that if you've sat and curated that music, and you deserve to be paid for. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, it's, it needs to be pushed up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the whole system needs to. I don't know. We're getting a little bit deep on this topic. Nah, <laughs> I do think it's quite. I do think it's quite interesting that you know there's a lot of stuff that's coming out recently about this idea that soon you know digital content in like an NFT format is going to be bought for like a small price. So artists are probably in the future going to tailor stuff that is like what you would see. So, you know, you'll be able to stream stuff. And then you'll get like a small package that's saying £2.50, £2.10 from the distributor of that artist. And you get like pictures of them, some unique videos, because the video is kind of dead. Yeah. And that the artist will pay for that. And if you're a fan, you know, I would probably spend £2.50 on something like Idols and, and want to have a, like a one-off piece of content for them. So there's a lot of people that think that that might come in and save Spotify because they're on Spotify are on about hosting this Web3 service on Spotify. Right, okay. So when you go on someone's Spotify, it might say, for example, at the top, support, get a one-off, <clears throat> get a one-off track from this artist for 50p and then all of that goes to the artist. Mm. So I think there's hope for me that, because the way I see it now is that we're not going to go backwards. We're not going to start selling CDs again. No, Finals no, are never going to overtake streaming. So what can we do in the future that kind of gives artists that freedom? I'm very interested in that topic. Yeah. Like, I think it might be this kind of digital audio NFT kind of space stuff. But 
I suppose I'm speculating quite a lot. But I find it very interesting. You know, it is, yeah. it is, it is interesting how um, the what the value is of music. Because we value music so much as a society and as individuals, but yet we don't actually see the value as much of it anymore because we consume it for free. Yeah, don't they say, is it something like four or five thousand, well, it's probably more, probably eight thousand streams is one T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Or one CD or whatever. It's mad, isn't it? So if you if you buy your bands, this is why they're kind of big on merch, isn't it? Because if you yeah. buy one of their t-shirts, that's like eight thousand, eight thousand, maybe maybe more streams, which is bad. It Very is bad, bad really. really. Think Very about how many bad. people that is as well. I think that's why a lot of bands go over to stuff like YouTube as well to try and like just get yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever they can. Because that, that's the best. I reckon that's the best rate, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, the best. Yeah. That was part one of making a mentor, Dave from Sounds from the Streets. If you liked this podcast, check out part two, coming soon.